This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Hello. Uh, what a glorious day. I got to share with you guys something. It was very, very beautiful. And uh, I have no choice but to uh, communicate it to you right now. So um, if you're like 90 percent of America, you believe in God, right? You believe in God. Of course, you think this all happened uh, by accident. OK, uh, maybe I don't know what the percentage is, but I think it's a majority or majority uh, country here. Christians, I think. OK. But uh, I happen to be a Christian, right? Uh, so you believe in God, but maybe you were, and you believe in Jesus, but maybe, maybe, maybe you were also like me, where you kind of took it all for granted. You never really thought too much about it. Uh, it was always in the back, uh, you know, back of your head. Uh, you know, maybe you went to church sometimes, maybe you didn't. Uh, uh, you focused, you heard a lot about how backwards the church is, all that stuff, right? Right? Maybe you uh, wrestled with thoughts that I, as I did with uh, Maybe there is no God. Atheism, right? I went through one of those phases. And anyway, you may have heard by now that uh, I know there's a God. I know Jesus is his son. And uh, it's it's interesting. I know that uh, you probably you believe as well. Yet when we find out that God is actually talking to us directly to us, that the master of the universe, the person who created everything, the sun and stars that are a billion trillion light years away from us right now, that that being is communicating with me and communicates with you if you're open you can hear him it is a a miracle and you know i I was wrestling with this because okay yeah i know there's a god i know all that i know there's a g but when he talks to you that's extra 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 exciting and i can't sufficiently put it into words what happened but i will i will tell you the gist of it all right and it still won't really capture what happened but i was i was uh i was in the word of god and i was uh praying and i was thinking and i was this happened just this morning a couple of hours ago and then my favorite minister charles stanley the late great charles stanley i was listening to a to a podcast as he was talking about god and and then the word reflection came up and that we should be reflecting God in our daily activities, in our daily speech, reflecting, reflecting, reflecting. It was just that word reflecting. And I looked up and it was a blinding light, a blinding, blinding light coming off of a building. It was reflected from a building. Yes, that happens. Yes, it happens all the time. But it never happened to me quite like this. All right. The the sequence of the reflections, it was like flashes, flashes, right, coming off this building at exactly the right moment at the right time. And it just boom, boom, boom. It was like a light show. It was a light show. Now, I'm not saying I saw a miraculous light show that can't happen in the in the natural world if I was just 
going down the street and I saw that. I was like, oh, damn, the sun's in my eyes. Hey, oh, I, a bird in my eyes. And yeah, oh, it's really bouncing off that building a lot. But the way it happened, the moment it happened, and this dance, this dance of light right in my face, right at that moment about reflecting God and reflecting Jesus and his word. I know, I know it was coming right from the creator of the universe himself, and I am so incredibly grateful for that moment. And I will tell you, and for that he did everything he's done in in my life, and he has straightened me out when I needed straightening out, and he will continue to do so. You know, I'm just... Incredibly grateful. And I will tell you this. Um, if you have not, if you have not taken the step, and I'm not, there's a difference between proselytizing and just sharing with you an experience and, and sharing hope, 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 uh, for you and maybe your friends or anybody. Uh, I was one lost character, okay? Uh, getting by in the world, doing pretty good, yeah, right? In the world, in the eyes of the world, but tripping up left and right, letting myself down, letting God down, and, uh, he was desperate, he was trying to get my attention, and he finally did, and even then, even when he did get my attention, I was still like, meh, 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 meh. I'm gonna do my own thing, because after all, you know, being born again and all that Jesus stuff, I mean, look, I'm having too much fun. I, I'm having, here's the, here's the beautiful, it's almost a secret because nobody ever talks about this. You're going to have even more fun. You're going to even be, you're going to be a better version of you than you were before without God. And all those, oh man, there are lots of rules and laws and, uh, you know, those commandments get in the way. You know what? Those are not rules and laws for the, for the sake of rules and laws. Those are designed to enhance our joy, our happiness, our safety, all of it. It is good. It is right. And um, how I took the first step, and then I'm going to move on. But because I have, this is not the hour of power. This is not the. This is not the Joel Osteen network. I understand that, but I do believe it's my obligation, my duty, my joyous obligation to share with you from time to time these experiences. And I did think after what happened this morning and that I wanted to tell you about this one episode, how infrequently in my life has anyone brought up God and Jesus? It's happened maybe twice, 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 twice. 1989, friend of the family said, how's your faith? And let's see here. Uh, I can't think of another occasion. <laughs> Now, my parents, by the way, they were great. They were great. We went to church, uh, First Holy Communion, confirmed, right? But, you know, a lot of it I did out of a sense of obligation and out of a sense of, you know, well, this is what you do. 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 And I had all kinds of thoughts and everything about what's what's really going on, and I took a lot of it for granted. And then once I left the house, I really did things my own way. And anyway, you ever notice that? I mean, seriously, how often does a coworker, a friend, uh, a stranger bring up these issues? In my life, at least, it basically never happened. It happened in 1989. You know where it also happened? I'll, I have to give him credit. He wrote a book. How's your faith? David Gregory. You know that fake news guy on uh, Meet the Press used to be? I'm not a big fan of his journalism, but I thought this step... This book was a major step in the right direction to talk about faith. A book, How's Your Faith? You know where he got that line from? Somebody else I'm not a fan of, George W. Bush. 
who, to his credit, from time to time would ask people, how's your faith? How's your faith? What's going on there? You know, uh, it's kind of a lot of us say it's the most important thing, right? Right? It is the most important thing, but do we really believe it? Do we really live it? Do we? No, not really, right? It's too much. We're too caught up in paying bills and running around and taking care of this, that, and the other thing, and the boss, and the, you know, I, and you got to do all that stuff. That's fine. That's great. That's part of life. But this part is the key to life. I believe. How about you folks? All right. The other stuff is, and, uh, you know, with all of this, I, it's, it's not like I'm going to be a live a life that's not fun. It's not like, okay, wow, now Greg's a holy roller and all he's going to talk about is that stuff. No, I live in the world. And I can still, still say that, um, Ron DeSantis was a real dud last night. He had his moments, but you know, he's not going to be president ever. I, I don't like Ron DeSantis. Eh, I kind of like him. Uh, but I love him. I don't like Nikki, Nikki Haley, but I love her. All right. She was created. Everything, everybody we see was created and we have to anyway. All right. What did Nikki Haley do last night that got her in trouble? I don't think it should have gotten her in trouble at all. You have that moment where she talks about her black friends. Okay. She talked about having black friends. Now, apparently you're not supposed to do that because why? I don't know. What could show that it's it's kind of fascinating. If you are trying to defend yourself from being a racist, right? Oh, I'm not a racist. I have black friends. If you say something like that, according to the woke left, you are even more of a racist somehow. Take it away, Nikki. No one's ever said that I am unwilling to offend. I offend plenty of people because I call people out when they do something wrong. Um, What I will tell you is Chris Christie is from New Jersey. I should have said slavery right off the bat. But if you grow up in South Carolina, literally in second and third grade, you learn about slavery. You grow up and you have, you know, I had black friends growing up. It is a very talked about thing. We have a big history in South Carolina when it comes to, you know, slavery, when it comes to all the things that happened with the Civil War, all that. I was over, I was thinking past slavery and talking about the lesson that we would learn going forward. I shouldn't have done that. I should have said slavery. But in in my mind, that's a given that everybody associates the Civil War with slavery. All right. You know, she got herself in hot water for why is there uh, why was the Civil War fought? She didn't say slavery right off the bat. Um, but the part there where she said uh, black friends, she had black friends. Did you see? Do we have that? Also, the uh, uh, Van Jones and everybody that on CNN. How could she say such a thing? How could she actually say that somehow that is. That's supposed to be, uh, well, you can't say that. That's off limits. Off limits to talk about your black friends. You know, a lot of people actually just have friends in their own race. That's just, it's kind of natural. It's not unnatural to have friends of another race. Of course not. But it's kind of natural that people, you know, it, it, it just works out that way. I don't know why, but it kind of does. Uh is it okay for me to say I have black friends? As a matter of fact, do I? Yes, I do. I've lost a I've lost a black friend actually after uh well <laughs> after I went on the radio and TV and uh, had a lot to say. Uh, they uh, oh, you really believe all that stuff? We didn't talk about politics all that much, but uh I've lost some friends, I've gained some friends. Whatever. You how is it? Why is it wrong? Diego uh, you happen to be a person of color. Is there an issue? What is the issue with Nikki Haley in trying to defend herself from being a racist when she says, well, I have black friends? What's what's wrong with that, in your opinion, if anything? 
Well, Greg, it's uh, Matt here today. So oh, Diego. Where's Diego? Diego worked the morning. Well, you're a fellow morning. white person. I have no. Well, all right. As a white person, what do you think? Oh, that's right. Diego went home because he was. Uh, he was tired. He was tired. Granted, he worked 16 hours in a row uh, starting uh, last night. But, okay, what's up? No, I, I think it's okay to have black friends and talk about your black friends. You I think, think it's okay to have black friends. That's not exactly what I was looking for. You think it's okay to have black friends. You're like Martin Luther King. Wow. It's okay to have black friends. You have come a long way, Matt. Yikes. Do we have anybody who's not a white supremacist around here? I'm only kidding. I know. I know. Let me get this thing from the book. Uh, I wrote about this in my book, which you can still get. Um, uh, where is my book here? Hey, you know who's running for Congress? Um, somebody who I also don't like, who happens to be uh, a black man. His name is Harry Dunn. Remember that big dumb cop? I can't stand that guy. I love him, but I can't stand that guy. He's running for Congress. Um, you know, he was the one who uh, was crying next to Fanon, next to Ganell. Remember those guys? Well, uh, we have his congressional debut. It's really weird. He, It's all with actors and stuff like that. It's staged to look like January 6th. And he's walking down the hall, and he's going to be, oh, here we go. Here's it. In, here's from my book. There are white people in this country who never really mix with people of other races. That's what I was just talking about. Sometimes because of geography, sometimes just by circumstances or choice. Uh, but actually, you know what? That wasn't my family. And I talk about the diversity uh, in my town, Baldwin. Uh, I remember my father as a police officer. There are a lot of uh, people of color at work. And since I was exposed to it, I didn't think it was all that big. A deal. I remember visiting my father downtown, and a motorcycle officer, a black guy, gave me a ride on his bike. This is my book. Uh, I loved it, and I thought he was the coolest guy in the world. It's funny that saying, I have black friends, has become, to sneering liberals, the evidence that someone is racist. But the fact is that the type of people who serve in the military, play sports, drive trucks, or otherwise work with their hands tend to interact with people of different races more frequently and consistently than the white liberals who make this obnoxious inference. Isn't that great? Isn't that beautifully written, by the way? You can check it out in my book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Oh, the paperback edition is coming out. Mm, coincidentally, uh in about two weeks, okay? Uh, available wherever books are sold. Oops, I'll be right back. Matt, I... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Well, remember, we live in a country that is hell-bent on canceling the white women, the canceling uh, Karen movement, right? Oh, white women who stick up for themselves, they're Karens, right? A white woman who feels threatened and says something about it, that's a Karen, right? Man, oh, man, oh, man, if you are a white woman and you trip up in some way or dare stick up for yourself, you are in trouble. You are in big trouble. Well, not around here, all right? Whether you're the uh, Amy Cooper in the park, I understood what you were doing. I understand that you're a victim. Whether you are, uh, let's see, uh, that woman in St. Louis who didn't want the stranger entering her apartment building and demanded to see his key fob. You're no, you're no, uh, racist. You're just a human being following the directions of the condo association. I do believe that this war on white women, which is real, is a manifestation of the 2016 election. And white women have been targeted ever since because they voted most of them for Donald Trump. And that was a big takeaway for the left. And you got to get those white women in line, right? Those white suburban women, right? Now you hear, oh, white suburban women are totally, totally a swing vote, totally, totally turned off by Trump. They've been told to be turned off by Trump. Uh, I can't stand. And you know what? Okay, what's this lady's name? Was this Kennedy Airport? A woman had a uh, breakdown, right? She went a little bit nutso at the airport. <laughs> It's probably going to happen to me someday. Have you been to the airport lately? It's insane there. All right. Let's see. She had a bad day. No forgiveness, no sympathy anywhere. They're mocking her. They're ridiculing her. Of course, she did really lose her uh, mind there. But um, well, let me hear what happened, okay? Go ahead. I can't tell what's going on. Stop for a second. You know what it's like to get your plane canceled and your plans all screwed up? Who knows what kind of pressure she was under? And now our silly tattletale society, somebody whips out a phone, and this is now, let's see, Delta Airlines 2097 from Atlanta to Rochester was delayed an hour, and one of the airline's passengers wouldn't have it. She melted down at gate B-14, demanding to speak to a manager while calling employees' names. Uh, the best is when she slams her bag on the counter. Hey, I, what I see here is a mental health issue, right? I do. I do. I feel like, you know, she she snapped, and nobody cuts her anything. Let's see. Has her employer fired her, Right. Her values do not represent, uh, you know, ABC Toy Company or whatever the hell it is. I can't stand it because the mob, oh, boy, the mob has something to say. And employers run silly, a lot of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them. They can't be talking about ABC Toy Company. We distance ourselves from this person. We do not support this person, and they are gone. You know, what about that whole big conversation about mental health? Mental health. There was a great big special. All the all the time I hear in the first lay mental health, mental health awareness week, mental health awareness month. Uh that's a thing, right? We want to remove the stigma of mental health, right? Mental health issues. Every other celebrity wants to talk about that. Until we see an actual mental breakdown, a nervous breakdown, and then we're all judgy and mean and cancely. I can't stand it. Uh whoever you are, uh there's hope, all right? Greg Kelly. 
on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This Sunday, America's mental health crisis. More Americans say they are depressed and struggling. And let's get all Americans the mental health services they need. My conversation with Democratic Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania, who opens up about his battle with depression. I really scared my kids, and they thought, you won, Dad. Why aren't we enough? Why are you still so sad? Were there ever moments when you were there seeking treatment when you started to lose hope? I felt like there wasn't any hope. Oh, my uh, goodness sometimes. gracious. Well, that's beautiful, right? America's mental health crisis. Now, if you heard the earlier part of the show, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God can take care of a lot of those uh, phony problems in your life. Now, we have real problems, too. We have real problems, too, and God can help with those as well. I told you, I used to, uh, I saw a psychiatrist. I've taken this drug, that drug, you know, with a prescription. What was that thing I was on for a little while? Was it Prozac? Was it this? Was it uh, something? Uh, this is years ago, and uh, it actually made me kind of fat. It wasn't pro. It was something. Anyway, uh, I don't need that stuff anymore. I feel great. I've got the ultimate person helping me. Uh, so what? Uh, whatever. Oh yeah, you heard about the you know the compassion for John Fetterman, right? And the mental health crisis. You got Joe Biden talking about the the moment that the moment somebody actually has a mental health crisis. Everybody's pointing fingers and trying to find out where they work and trying to have them basically eliminated from society. All right, look, I mean, I can look at a video and, you know, I'll watch it as well, but. I feel a lot of compassion for this woman. I'm sorry, and I think America should as well. Instead, this story is just gathering a hell of a lot of momentum, right? Some influencers have put it out online, and everybody's conducting the research right now. Who is she? Where did she work, right? Now, what did she say that was so bad? Granted, she raised her voice. You're not allowed to do that these days. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Raise your voice. Uh, you know, uh, He was yelling at me. Was he really? You know, what? what, what is yelling? That was yelling. She was yelling. She said, I want to speak to the manager. You're allowed to say that. Look, she had problems. She has problems. And I think a little bit of compassion, a little bit of let's get this woman some health. Help. Let's see. She actually says at one point, I'm sick. I'm in an effing diaper. I'm on my period. Do you know what a uterus is? You stupid little P-R-I-C-K. You little weasel. The woman was finally walked out by a police officer. And she delayed the flight about an hour. How did she delay the flight? How did she delay the flight? I don't see that. She's not even on the plane. Uh, if, if you cause such a disturbance on the plane and you get escorted off, well, that's like a federal offense. They lock you up for that. So I don't think she, uh, I don't know if she even made it on the plane. Uh, do you know what I'm saying with this stuff? And I saw on December 31st, and oh boy, John Fetterman, right? And I want him to feel better too. But. He wasn't honest. He wasn't honest. He tried to keep it under wraps until the election. And then he checked himself into Walter Reed. I'd lo- I I would have loved to have checked myself into a hospital and get sympathy and get a couple of weeks off. This is a while ago. I don't want to do that now. But doesn't that sound it doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world? All right. I want John Fetterman to be healthy. I want everybody to be happy and healthy. I also want John Fetterman to put on some long pants for crying out loud. It's the winter. And he's still wearing shorts to work. He's still wearing shorts. All right. 
Oh, what's today? January 5th. So you know what tomorrow is? January 6th. The most significant day in America. The darkest day in American history. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. Those days etched forever in our memories. I got that from uh, Kamala Harris. She has pushed the total and complete farce that January 6th was a momentous day and all that nonsense, all that crap. They are hostages. They are political prisoners. So many people are in jail, and I'm going to be joined by one of them later. You know, we had Justin Lang on. I talked to that guy a couple of months ago right from prison. He's been in jail for almost three years. Three years in jail. He hasn't had a trial yet. Uh, I think that's against the Constitution, isn't it? And he's not one of these guys who's delaying, delaying, delaying. He wants a trial. He wants his day in court. I think he's accused of pushing a Capitol Hill police officer. Pushing, pushing. Look, you should never push cops or harm cops or any of that stuff. But we all know what happened during Black Lives Matter summer. We saw what happens to cops. We see what happens to cops every day in New York City. Who remembers the Axe Man? My favorite example is the Axe Man going on a rampage in the McDonald's. He was detained by police for three hours. Then he's granting interviews to the New York Post and Channel 7 Eyewitness News. People are in jail who didn't hurt anybody, who didn't break anything. And it is a crime. It is a crime. This fake narrative. What do they want? They want to inhibit people from ever protesting, from ever questioning elections, from ever. I mean, you know, I hear folks say, well, we can never have this happen again. Why not, actually? I mean, I don't want things to happen. You can have a society where it is impossible to riot. You can have that, but we don't want that. You know, in a free and open society, people are, you want to have enough latitude where people will make mistakes. I don't want there to be another riot. Don't get me wrong. I don't want there to be another January 6th. I certainly don't want the cops to leave the door open, right? <laughs> I I don't want, uh, I don't want Antifa hanging around and breaking windows and somehow blaming MAGA for the whole thing. I don't want that either. And I actually want the Electoral Count Act to be exercised when someone chooses to exercise it. And it was interrupted. That's the whole thing about January 6th that people haven't figured out. They weren't trying to stop the Electoral Count. They say the protesters were storming the Capitol to stop the counting of electoral votes. No. They let them in so they could stop the objections. They were uncomfortable with the objections. And after January 6th, according to the plan, and I got that from Liz Cheney, they worked on U.S. senators and members of Congress to get them to back off their objections. After January 6th, after the Horns guy came through here, how can anybody object to the 2020 election? The cops were trotted out today. Uh, you know the ones, Michael Fanone, Harry Dunn, who's running for Congress. Uh, Fanone, who, what cop? Where does a cop get off talking like this? Cut 21, please. Cut 21. You've had more than 1,200 people arrested, the head of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers going to jail for a very long time. More convictions to come. Prosecutors say they're only about halfway done with the people they want to find. So how do you feel three years on after January 6, 2021? I mean, when you mention all those investigations, um, you know, the Department of Justice undertaking and, you know, prosecuting more than 1,200 Americans for their actions on January 6th, uh, states now starting to debate um, 
uh, and make an effort to remove uh, Donald Trump from the ballot. Um, you know, all of those things, I, I think, are uh, a good start um, and necessary. Uh, I don't want to put too much stock into any one uh, institution. I think it's an all-hands-on-deck effort to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't assume the presidency in 2024. Uh, we all know what that's going to look like. He's told us as much. Um, but I also, uh, you know, I've got to point out some of the disappointments that I've had over the past three years. And that's, where is the outrage on behalf of the current administration? Um, you know, I give credit. Joe Biden has given some fiery speeches with regards to um, MAGA and, uh, and its effort to overturn a free and fair election. Uh, but that's something that this country needs to hear every single day, specifically younger people, young voters. Mm. Uh, when I go out and talk to them, uh, they seem completely uh, disillusioned with the political process. And I think a lot of the problems uh, that, uh, that President Biden is dealing with now, the image problems, stem from being too soft. Um, you know, I feel like Biden can be outraged. He can express anger without coming across as unhinged like Donald Trump. And I would like to see him um, fight for our democracy with the same tenacity uh, that Donald Trump uh, fights to destroy it. All right, that's Officer Fanone. He doesn't think enough's been done. It's only a good start. It's only a good start that 1,600 people have been thrown in jail. It's only a good start that Donald Trump has been indicted, arrested, and indicted four times. He's been impeached twice. That's a good start. What does this guy want? What does this fascist want? You know, when these cops show up with guns and yell at our elected leaders, that's fascism. And our elected leaders cave Give them everything they want. Why? Because too many of them are intimidated. They're intimidated. Most of them never served in law enforcement, and most of them never served in the military, right? Those days are over, folks, all right? we got to take each person, right, each person, each case individually. You can't, like the FBI, the vaunted FBI. What could be wrong with the FBI? Five years ago, if I were slamming the FBI like I do now, what are they? I would be totally shocked that I came up, me, Greg Kelly, came up with some of the catchiest new uh, words to describe the FBI. It doesn't stand for Federal Bureau of Investigation. It stands for uh, forever botching it. It stands for forever blowing it. It stands for uh, Friends of Joe Biden Incorporated. It stands for, uh, let's see here, forever bothering innocent people. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. It stands for uh, trying to destroy democracy, trying to destroy and sabotage a presidency, trying to thwart the will of the American people. They did that. Strzok and Page, you're going to stop it. How about regarding January 6th? How many, how many FBI agents were in the Capitol dressed as Donald Trump MAGA supporters waiting for that crowd arrive to arrive? How many, Director Ray? I can't get into uh, processes and procedures and tactics. Oh, really? Oh, really? That I never even thought for a moment that they were inside. Now I know they were inside. All right? I support cops. I support law enforcement. I wrote a book about it. But watch for the left to use them, exploit our 
admiration and respect for law enforcement, those who put their lives on the line, to use that against us. Oh, well, these cops have said Donald Trump should be removed as a cancer should be removed. Fanon said that as well. Um, oh, and now you have that big, dumb cop, Harry Dunn, running for Congress. Well, I'll give him this. Has he quit? Has he quit the department yet? Because he was talking like a overt partisan, uh, you know, I mean, you, he's a security guard at the Capitol and he's yelling and screaming like he's Jamie Raskin, like he's Jamal Bowman. You can do that, but get elected first. He was doing it as a Capitol Hill cop and too many and too many, especially Republicans have let the Capitol cops get away with this crap. I mean, the idea of those people armed engaging in that kind of partisanship while on duty. That's that is the threat to uh, democracy, everybody. All right. All right. All right. Um, Hey. David soul died. David soul. Anybody remember Starsky and Hutch? Huh? Huh? Cut 18. Great, great. I'm looking at my text messages here. I shouldn't do that. Ay, ay, ay. What an issue. Uh, that's the opening theme to Starsky and Hutch. David Soul, dead at the age of 80. Uh, I also had a, a song that he, uh, that he sang, but we can't play it because of copyright issues. Don't give up on us, baby. Those guys would beat up, uh, perps and criminals every week. And then he came out with that, like, really beautiful, but, you know, very ultra sensitive song. Hey, he's an actor. He was an actor. He had married five times, had six kids. Hey, he made a big hit. He was a big hit uh, on Broadway. Oh, there we go. There, This is him. This is him singing. Listen to this. All right, stop. This is one of those songs you're embarrassed to say you like. You know what I mean? It's so sensitive. It's very beautiful. David Soul. If you're wondering, you know, not everybody remembers um, uh, Starsky and Hutch. There's the blonde guy and the uh, brown-haired guy. This was the blonde guy. And uh, I actually liked him. He was in a bunch of television movies. One was about a stalker. I think he was the stalker. And the stalky actually started to like him. Um. He had some rough times. He was, uh, he was arrested once for alleged spousal abuse and they sent him off to, uh, anger management and, uh, all right, dead at the age of 80. And, uh, how do these actors do it? That's a, that's a long time. Auditions, you know, and you look up their careers, there are major gaps where they're not doing much. It's a tough, tough life. And, uh, I admire them. I respect them, actually. It's tough. It's tough. And you can see they're, uh, more susceptible, and I don't know anything about drugs with this guy, but they're more susceptible to those kinds of things because you know you need you need a bit of structure in your life, and too often when you're acting, um, especially between roles, there ain't that much structure. He was also in 
an episode of Star Trek. Now, I know Star Trek by heart, and I'm like, no, he wasn't. And yes, sure enough, he was, but he was wearing a costume, so it's hard to recognize him. He was in the Apple episode, you know, the one with the guy with the ears, and he played Malcora. All right, we're out of time. Give me a moment, please. Many thanks. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Let's uh, take a call or two. Uh, let's try Ted in Paramus. Hello, Ted. Hey, uh, good afternoon, Greg. Greg, I always credit you for the one putting it together to prevent the debate on the, uh, you know, on the election returns of 2020. Um, but uh, where in history has been precedent that there was a fake incident created in the Capitol building? In order and to take an excuse to uh, oppress your opponents. Well, uh, a Capitol building, uh, the Reichstag, I think that's what they call it in Berlin, right? It was a uh, ploy. I think the fascists pulled it off to blame the communists or vice versa, something like that, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's an old technique, and uh, it's been around for a long time. And, 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 you know, basically do something and blame your opponents for it or get your opponents to do something and blame them for doing what you got them to do. <laughs> All kinds of weird stuff going on here, Ted. Ted, I appreciate it so much. Uh, let's try Reg. Reg, where are you? Hello? I'm in East Hampton. Uh, I uh, was at the uh, rally, the Stop the Steal rally. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm 80 now, so I was 77 then. And a veteran, so I'm not exactly in the habit of going to uh, riots and uh, what's insurrections. And I want to say that uh, even the the conservative part of the press has really missed the boat in reporting what the vast, vast majority of people like myself were doing there. We were. It was a peaceful gathering. It was, Greg, it was. Should I call you? Did you make captain or major? No, I actually made lieutenant colonel, but that's okay. Don't worry. Call oh, me Greg. Lieutenant colonel. Okay. The um, the crowd was, if anything, festive all morning. In spite of the uh, the weather it was cold and blustery, there were only two or three cops behind a low hurricane fence between us and the um, the, the podium where the president spoke. They, they had absolutely nothing to do all day. They stood around with their hands in their in their belts because it was cold out. The, I saw absolutely no trouble. And uh, the, I heard the entire speech, and, and there's an important point to uh, mention. He didn't he didn't mention uh, the march to the Capitol peacefully and patriotically until almost the end of the speech, which was almost 1:30. The the so-called riot started 20 25 minutes before that, because I think he screwed up their timing by starting an hour late. He was supposed to start at 11. And the crowd there at 11 was so huge that I had moved up. I moved up to the 17th Street side so that I was directly opposite his left side, about yeah. 60 yards away. Wow. And it's uh, so I, want, I just want to say that the the whole thing is being misrepresented. Even by, by even by on, DeSantis. You mentioned the other guy you mentioned conservative media. DeSantis last night said the people who were there on January 6th weren't patriotic. I mean, my gosh, that guy has just uh, lost it. Uh, so, uh, the yeah, it was so diverse and so mixed. It was older people like myself. There were families. Right. There, now, wait the, a second, the, though. But Red, you are talking about what happened at the ellipse, right? The big speech. And there was a different scene, monument, yes, a yes, different scene yes. at the Capitol. However, the truth has not been told and the questions haven't even been asked. 
by the January 6th committee, you know, the flash grenade that was thrown into the uh, the crowd there, people just standing around rather peacefully. They killed those two heart attack guys. Yeah, very much. Because I, those flashbangs and tear gas grenades, gas grenades, they'll hurt you if where, they hit you for sure. Where did you go? Where did you go after the speech? What did you do? Uh, that's, that's interesting. It was cold, so I walked up the street. you got to tell me quick. Did you go home? Did you okay, go to the Capitol? No, I went right. to a cafe. Well, good, and- good, 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 because otherwise, well, you would, the FBI, you might be in jail right now. We appreciate it, Reg. Thank you very much, and be right back.